What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Buck off Thursday on B and A. Bring them strong. Three three seven three seven seven six. Who needs a buck off? Who needs a buck on? You decide each and every Thursday on this program. Good conversation about Deion Sanders and his uh, methods in the first hour. We'll get into some Steve Sarkeesian uh, thoughts coming up. He had a visit with the Touchdown Club of Houston yesterday. Mattress Mac was there. Mattress nice. Mac from Gallery Furniture played for the Longhorns back in the day. Also coming up, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, he's the lead draft analyst for the NFL Network. He has an interesting trade proposal for the Houston Texans that I want to get your thoughts on here coming up, Buck. And let me ask you this. you like this this idea? A town in New Jersey who is struggling to keep its youth baseball umpires at Little League Baseball games because angry parents keep screaming them down, have instituted a new rule for this season. If you berate an umpire... At any point, you have to suit up and call the game. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you like that? No, oh, I like it, but if like, you, no, I'll just keep my mouth shut. If you want to rip our umpires publicly and yell at them through the screen and the gate and the uh, fence, get ready to suit up and oh. we'll let you call the game. I've had some interesting experiences as, as an umpire. For Me too. Like I did coach, that when I was a coach, kid. Coach pitch. And this was way back in the 80s when I was a teenager. I, I actually literally, because I was a ball player, I, I did some some umpiring for like a year. I hated it. Oh, so it was and this not was in, fun. Because people talk about how bad it is now. I mean, I I got yelled at. I, I remember missing a call. I missed it. And I tried to, but they destroyed me. They destroyed like, all your confidence, all your faith. I was like 16. I'm like, y'all, I got almost all of them right. But, yeah, no, not... Give me another rum. Get him out of there. I like that rule. Next. All right, put on the mask. Put on oh, the blue. Let's man. go. You're out. You're out here. No, you don't have my size. Oh, no, we got it right here. Right here in the shed. There's a size for you and a size for you. This could be like the vultures, though, because guess what would happen if, like, mom's now got to suit up oh, and go be no. the umpire. Now she's behind the plate, and she's getting ripped because she probably doesn't even know all the rules. Wow, yeah. That's... that. I don't... That's... I'm going to get up there and just be quiet and just yell for little Johnny. That's all I'm going to do. You know me. My kids, my son for sure, played baseball all through high school. And, um, you know, every year I would sit in the stands. I'd put my headphones in. I'd listen to music. And I, was, I would like watching the ball game and rooting for my kid and his friends. And uh, that was me. I, I'm Music, put on my playlist, take it all in. I, I because I didn't want to listen to the chatter from the moms and the, that I didn't, I hated hearing it. It's like, Y'all be quiet. My mom. How many years I had to go through that, and how many kids with soccer? Soccer. Yeah, you got the soccer. I feel like that's even worse. Oh, it it could be worse. You just kind of sit there because every little kid that fell down, the mom was like, "Oh my God, you almost killed him! Look at that! Look at that brute!" Like, oh, that kid's just fine. That kid will bounce right back. Yeah, my mom was a front row screamer, and I was always being up to bat, and her just screaming my name. (laughs) It, it, It doesn't didn't help. Oh, yeah. No, they love you. Help. That's showing interest. It's great. 
I mean, I, I knew pretty quick my, my son would have his best games when I couldn't make it to the game. So I, I just tried to back off. I wanted him to not even know I was there. Dude, Just I'm not here to put yeah. pressure on you. Just enjoy the game, have fun. That's right. And my least favorite part about playing sports growing up was the car ride home with my dad where I was going to get a, oh. another just a good hour-long coaching <laughs> well, I watched my, I, I watched my son and went on to play some great soccer in his life, try to play baseball as an outfielder. And that dude had no interest. The glove was off of his hand half the time. And I just asked him, I said, do you really want to do this? Even though your friends are doing this. And he said, Dad, no. And I said, okay. Then that's it. You don't, nobody's forcing you to play yeah. you know, because your friends want you to play. You Did don't he play to. football? Uh, he played football until he got really hit one time. And he changed over to soccer. That's how football go. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, this is, there's something about this sport right here that's just not right about the way I just got hit. By somebody way, way bigger. I always felt that about baseball too. You would, because you you play football until you take that one that just rings your bell. Oh, yeah. You get rocked. And I had like, a roommate that was a track guy. He got rocked back, like that. You pop back up and still like it, then you're good. Yeah, you're all right. I sucked at football until I got smashed now you one like time it. on a kickoff, and then it pissed me off. And you were I'm, looking for content. You're like Sam Ellinger. You needed to bang somebody. Yeah, I like that. You no, know? my son said, "No, nah, this is." Well, I got banged. No, soccer seems bad, like the good way to go, and I'm like, "Yeah," I said, "You'd be yeah. all right with that." Well, in baseball, if you if you could take a ground ball that took a bad hop, and hit you in the chin a couple times, and you could still keep your head down and field ground balls and not be stay with backing it. away, then then we got something. If you are going to be afraid of the ball. I can't work with you. You, you got to keep your head down. Hey, let's get to the headlines, trending topics to start this uh, Tuesday mo- or Thursday morning, by the way. You'll be your business services. Yeah, we'll get to the NBA. How about the stunning upset in the first round of the playoffs last night? Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat staging a second straight fourth quarter rally. Of course, in game four in Miami, they rallied from 12 down with six minutes to play. Last night, they were down 15, 16 points entering the fourth quarter in Milwaukee and rallied to force overtime. And then knock out the top seed in the uh, Eastern Conference with the win. Uh, it was Jimmy Butler after his 56-point performance in Game 4, pouring in 42 more, including an incredible bucket late, sent the game into OT. He'd become the first play-in team ever to win a playoff series and the fifth, eighth seed ever to knock off the top overall seed in NBA history. We were resilient. Uh, we were down late. It seemed to be that way a lot during the series. We stayed with it, got some stops, made some huge buckets. And stay together. That's it. Yeah, they are on to play the Knicks now. Knicks advance to the second round for the first time in 10 years. They knocked out the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games, 106-95. In the West, Memphis Grizzlies avoided elimination. They forced that series with the Lakers back to L.A., 116-99. Another thriller last night out West for Golden State. Went into Sacramento and took down the Kings, 123-116. Steph Curry scored 31. Draymond Green, 21 points off the bench. That's the most points he scored in a game in five years. Defending champs take a three games to two lead in that series. One other NBA note, Rockets. Down in Houston yesterday, officially introduced their new head coach, Ime Udoka. Major League Baseball last night. Astros finished off a pr- an impressive road trip with a 1-0 win in Tampa Bay. Hunter Brown and two relievers combined on a two-hit gem. Houston takes the rubber game of that series, wraps up their trips to Atlanta and Tampa. They went 5-1. and one. Those teams are a combined 36-5 and five against everybody else but Houston this year. Rangers wrapped up a frustrating set in Cincinnati. They lost on a walk-off homer from Nick Senzel in the ninth inning, 5-3. Round Rock rolled again. They beat Albuquerque 8-2. First round of the NFL draft set for tonight in Kansas City. Carolina Panthers on the clock with the top overall pick, as expected. or They are expected to take Alabama QB Bryce Young. Texans will then have the second pick. Anybody's guess what they're planning to do. One thing is certain tonight, one of the most ignominious droughts in the history of Texas football on the program will come to an end. Former Longhorn running back B. John Robinson will be picked in the first round tonight. Who knows where? Could be anywhere from 8 to 25. When his name is called, he will become the first Longhorn drafted in the first round since 2016. And the first Texas offensive player 
picked in the first round since Tennessee. Took Vince Young with the third pick way back in 2006. It's the longest such drought in school history. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. So, uh, Buck, can I give a buck on to Joe Cook over at uh, Inside Texas? He's got a great story. Get it, Joe. Joe's got a great story that he wrote about how Stan Drayton recruited Bijan Robinson when he was the running backs coach here still. And by all accounts, Bijan was set to, and he had given a verbal to go play at Ohio State out of the state of Arizona. And as the story goes, Stan Drayton called him and uh, you know, said, hey, I really feel like you're supposed to come play for me. Come play for me here there in Texas. Go. And uh, uh, he said, okay, coach, let me call you back. Let me call you back. And uh, that one phone call brought Bijan to, uh, you know, obviously Bijan's a very faithful guy, a very spiritual player who, who believes in his faith very, very devoutly. He just didn't believe in Ohio State. Well, and then Stan Drayton kind of hit him on that level, that uh, he's very devout and faithful too and uh, turned out to be a great choice for Bijan. Now, who knows how it worked out at Ohio State. Might have been great too, but uh, he's happy with his three years I'm here I'm pretty sure he's going to work any, anywhere. Yeah, for sure. But as far as loves Austin, Austin loves him, that whole bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, this, this, an unbelievable drought. 17 years since the Longhorns had a first-round offensive player picked. Gosh, it's been long enough. It's 2016. The last time a Longhorn was drafted in the first round was 2016, and it was the last pick of the first round. It was Malcolm Brown Yes, to the New England Patriots. It's been that long. That drought will end tonight, we think. Could be the eighth pick. Could be the tenth pick. Could be the... Uh, 11th pick, 12th, who knows. And this will go This will go a long way in, in whether recruiting and players and portal and everything else tonight with Sark being there with Bijan. This is a big deal. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And the whole weekend, Roshan Johnson, Absolutely. I think, will go higher than most. Now, that won't be till Friday. And then um, you'll have to be on Overshone. People, a lot of people like Demo uh, as, a, as a guy who could uh, go off the board on Friday. I feel like we haven't heard enough about him. Me too. Me too. I know. You know, uh, Look, he's he's. Uh, They're still looking for well, where does he fit in? What what is he? Well, like every player gets a value and a grade. Sure. And so, and this is where the Cowboys are, right? The Cowboys are going to be picking twenty six. I think they're going to take the best player on their board. Whoever's there when they get there, they're going to take them. I don't think they're worried about positional need. If you know, they probably don't need pass rushers, but if there's a great edge rusher there, and you just take the best player, I think that's a good good way to go. Last year they reached, right? They reached for the because they needed an offensive lineman desperately and. Uh, it worked for them with Tyler Smith. I think this year they're in a position not to do that. But, look, for DeMarvion Overshone, here's what I'd say about Demo, Roshan, and Moro Ojimo. And I don't want to leave Keandre Coburn out of this, but I think those three specifically, their, their best football is still to come. I mean, DeMarvion Overshone moved, came in as a safety under one coaching team, coaching staff. Then he was moved to linebacker under a new coaching staff and then finally got to play the same position for two years this year, and you started to see him flash as a player, right? Uh, kind of grew into the linebacker position. Um, you know, in, in the NFL, which is going to the positionless football idea, you know, his size, his, his ranginess, his speed, his ability to strike and hit, I think that's going to be, he gets on the right team, you know, he can play in the NFL for a long time. And I think Moro Ojimo is the same way as we talked about when Moro was in here last week. I mean, he's only six, 21 years old. And he got to Texas at 16. He's still learning how to play football at this point of his life. And uh, But, boy, he's got all the upside. And, uh, and you've got to have an awful lot of luck. And Roshan came in as a quarterback, moved to running back, and then was a backup. He's, But he knows how to do everything, Buck. That guy's going to be a special teams whiz. He's going to pick up the blitz over and over yeah, again Yeah, he's going to do all the things that you need 
I mean, he has all the physical capabilities and the mental, you know, I've been behind somebody. I've been a quarterback. Now I'm a running back. He's got all the mental toughness that, that you want in a player. He does. And plus he's got that, that goodness about him that he's going to make your locker room something special. If anybody can, if, if you work like that guy works, you're going to, and especially if you're a talented person and you see that kind of player around you that may not be as talented as you are in the way he works, that is, that's, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. You know, uh, the <laughs> Roshan Johnson made a visit. You know, when we talked to Roshan when he came in the studio last week, he had just flown back from San Francisco, made a visit to the Niners. Can you imagine if they gobble him up? Um, you know, they have Christian McCaffrey already, but to be – because Elijah Mitchell's their other running back in San Francisco, and he just can't stay healthy. He's hurt all the time. Uh, you know, Roshan only made two official visits. He went to uh, – he told us he went to San Francisco mm-hmm. and to Tampa Bay. Now, San Francisco's Kyle Shanahan. He gets into that one-cut system where he get put foot to foot in the ground and get upfield and make make running yards. I'd love to see Roshan playing for the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboy fans are dreading seeing Bijan Robinson playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, but it could happen tonight. As the league the, is dreading seeing that. Can we dive into the uh, to the coach's corner? It's brought to you by our great friend Tom McKay and his crew at Audio Visual Consultations. They do all the TVs at all the Pluckers locations. We'll be at tonight. They can certainly do your house. It's Tom McKay and his crew. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, here's a trade proposal from uh, Daniel Jeremiah Buck. If you're watching NFL Network tonight, you'll see a ton of Daniel Jeremiah. He's their lead draft analyst. You could watch on ESPN as well. Do you have a choice? Because the Pluckers will have both of them on, I would imagine. You'll be able to choose. But do you do you choose one NFL Network over yeah, ESPN like, or one I, of the other? I like, I like Jeremiah. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, T.Y., T- do you have a choice or preference of NFL Draft Network? I No, I didn't even realize there was a, a choice. A choice. <laughs> yeah, there's two. Yeah, NFL Network and then ESPN. Uh, so here's Daniel Jeremiah's final mock draft. Final mock draft, right? You do these all month, and then they finally put out the final final. And in his mock draft, Houston's been all over the place in specul- as far as spe- speculation goes what they're going to do. He has them taking C.J. Stroud with the second pick, despite all the bluster that they don't want him then trading back up with the Arizona Cardinals, and then taking Will Anderson with the third pick. Now this would be, I'd be doing cartwheels outside the pluckers if they did this, because here's the thing with Houston, and I, when I was on the uh, Pro Football Focus of that NFL mock draft simulator thing where you can do your own drafts, many times when I've been playing with that, I, I do just that, because Houston has so much draft capital that, he, so essentially what Jeremiah pre- would predict would happen is Houston would take, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, with the second pick. And then they would send, because Arizona is begging to get out of the third pick. They need picks. They need players. Right. And they need multiple picks. So Jeremiah's argument is Arizona's begging to get out. Houston can't decide between, because they love Will Anderson, right, and Tyree Wilson, the defensive players. And and uh, D'Amico Ryans wants a, a defensive lineman to build around on his defensive front. And so Jeremiah says they send the third pick to Arizona. They give up the 12th pick, which is their own first-round pick. So you're really just swapping 12 to 3. You give up 33, which is the second pick of the first of the second sure. of the second round. And you give up 73, and then a third-round pick next year. So you give up four picks. Essentially, you're only giving up three picks because you're swapping first-round picks with the Cardinals to get up to three. And you give up three other picks, two this year and one next. Houston would still have eight picks remaining including a third-round pick, pick 65. They'd have their fourth, couple fourth-round picks, so it wouldn't be like they would be trading their whole draft to do this. Would you like that if Houston got the quarterback and a pass rusher, 
picks two and three, and all they do is give up the one second round pick, essentially, as far as real. I think that's a good way to go. I'd love that. Because the luxury Houston has is, I mean, the, the big pick you would give up there is 33. But you've added your quarterback of the future and your best defensive player of the future, you hope. Yeah, right? you'd like to get both. Yeah, and you get those at two and three. And then look what, look what uh, the Jets did last year. They took Sauce Gardner and they took Garrett Wilson. You know, I mean, that works. That worked, right? Both won rookies of the year, offense and defense. Pretty good. Um, Houston would be trying to swing for a, for a play like that. Uh, the idea would be by the time you get all the way to twelve, and then when it's not exotic, you just get the best player you can get. If you're well, if you're they, sitting you to, right there to me, if you end up getting Will Anderson, but you also need the quarterback. And by the time twelve Coles comes around, you may not get the quarterback, right? I mean, it'll be interesting because again, everybody is reporting that Arizona wants to get out of three. They want to go down. Um, but we'll see. The, yeah, the, they're still knowing they don't have to mess with quarterback. It'll be interesting. Because they can be a piece of crap well, again next year and then being on. I do think that Jeremiah has this right. Houston has has a lot of opportunity in this draft because sure. they have so much capital. They have more picks than anybody. And if you can come out with two cornerstone players, which is what the Jets did a year ago. Offense and defense. And I think last year Houston came away with a couple of cornerstone guys anyhow, right? They, they, I think the sure pick did. Of, now, Derek Stingley, that pick will always be, will be questioned because Derek Stingley went one pick ahead of Sauce Gardner. They're corners. You know, Sauce Gardner won Rookie of the Year and was an All-Pro. Okay, you got one and one A. I'm good with that. Yeah, but you, he, Stingley's got to be that. He's got to be that guy. He was good last year. He was good. He was. He was just no, they, one, no one ever saw him because he was on the Texans. And he shut them. They shut him down late when they were trying to lose games, right. and then they couldn't lose the one game that they needed to lose. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they shut him down. <laughs> they didn't play in December, and they still couldn't close the deal. Stingley's really good. They also drafted, I think, another real keeper in, in Jalen Petrie at safety out of Baylor, uh, and then Kenyon Green at guard. You get two more cornerstone players. Oh yeah. You know now you're starting to to move in the right direction. I'd love that if they did that. And you'd like for that to be a defensive guy, big guy down low. Well, if it's if it's pass rush quarterback, yeah. And, and you're you're now you're starting to feel pretty good because again, what are the premium positions in football? You need a quarterback. You need to be able to rush the passer. Houston already has a franchise left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, who's the highest paid tackle in the league. Derek Stingley emerges as a great cover corner. You know, Will Anderson brings the pass rush and uh, edge pressure, which you have to have in this league. And then last year they drafted the kid Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida, who can be their, their primary ball carrier there. They still need offensive weapons, but also remember this with the Texans. Remember John Mechie, the receiver out of Alabama? He's back. He's back practicing with them. He was out last year with that cancer battle, uh, but he's back. So he's a piece that they, they didn't have last year that they will add. I would love to see the Texans go big like that, go big balls and go – get two two of the top three picks, and address quarterback, I'd be pretty happy tomorrow if they pulled that off. No matter which one of the quarterbacks it is. Yes. Yes. You have to draft a quarterback. Yes. I, I hear Rob Daber say this all the time, and I agree with him. Just because if, if it doesn't work it out, it doesn't work out. But it's not going to work out if you don't take them. Right? You, you've That's got right. to take them. Doesn't matter. It's like it's saying, saying I want to get married, but I don't want to date people. Well, you're not going to get married if you don't date somebody. You're not going to get the, get to the final final if you don't. I mean, you, you can't try to find your your perfect spouse without going on some dates with some people. You got to no, draft just, a quarterback. You just don't walk up and say, "Let's get married." I don't know. There's a lot of reality shows on Netflix these days. Oh yeah, I, I would argue with that. So I'll be happy with that. Somebody said Tyler Smith was a reach last year. It was a home run. I don't think it was a reach. Well, at the time it was seen as a reach because the argument was he was a second-round pick and they took him in the first. But no, no, that was a great pick by the Cowboys. And I remember being in Vegas, checking They've in with you guys. They've done some good things in that. And, I, and I, I, I disagreed with those. I thought it was a reach. I thought I, it was a reach based on where he was projected. Or you could have got him. But the Cowboys needed that position. That's where they were picking, and they were fearful if they traded down. Because people always talk about, why don't you trade down? You have to have a team to trade down with. 
Somebody's going to want to come up with you. It takes two to tango. You can't just say, hey, we're trading down. you got to find a, a trade partner. And I do think the Cowboys did try to trade back a little bit last year but couldn't. And so they took the player. I don't have a problem with that. Ty, what's going to make you happy tomorrow if the Cowboys take whom tonight? I I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to taking an offensive lineman. Um, I would be very happy if they got Bijan. I don't think that's going to happen though. Um, and then tight end wise, I wouldn't be that wouldn't be best case scenario for me. But I would like Dalton Kincaid over Matthew Mayer. Okay, not Matthew Mayer. So if you take a, a if you take either an offensive lineman or one of those tight ends, that's you're good. I feel like uh, yeah, I think not, it has I mean to everybody. Be, there's it, 30 teams that want Bijan Robinson. It has, so that's that's everybody can't have him. It has to be Kincaid if it's tied in. Okay, for me to be happy about. I it. I think there's a number of guys that would fit the bill there, but I like it. Kincaid's a kid from Utah. Yeah, transferred in from San Diego State. Very, very athletic. Um, you know, the other thing we've said this over and over. Now you're starting to see these, you know, bold uh, opinions from 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 the draft experts. We set up for the last month and a half. Daniel Jeremiah said point blank that there hasn't been. I mean, there are, there are four first round grade tight ends in mm-hmm. this draft or top forty grade draft. It's been 10 years since there's been more than one uh, tight end available. This is the draft to get a tight end. It's also why a guy like Dalton Schultz hit the free agent market and there was no market for him, (laughs) right? I mean, he ended up in Houston on a one-year deal because teams were like, no, 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 we're going to wait and see if we can get one of these tight ends we like a lot coming into this draft. And uh, so I think you'll see a a little bit of a run. Maybe not just all tonight. I think you might see two first-round tight ends, but then early tomorrow, early Friday, you're going to see the other ones, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, Luke Musgrove out of – Oregon State are names to watch who are going to be uh, taken in that spot. But I think the Cowboys could go there. And look, I, as long as the Cowboys take whoever the best guy on their board is, I think it's, you should be happy. The Cowboys have drafted Willie well. As Jerry Jones said earlier this week, drafting hasn't been our problem. Coaching has. Coaching has. Yeah, and I... I <laughs> and quarterback play. I'm still, you know, C.J. Stroud. I mean, is is that going to be... That's still available to be there, but it's, it's now. Look, there's there's too much of a cloud around that, so they're going to go... You know, their head coach is going to go safest pick also with look, the Texans. I just said I would be doing cartwheels if they went Stroud and Will Anderson. Look, oh. if, if C.J. Stroud really did get an 18 on the cognitive test, I will. But I don't know that, right? I mean, he, there's been speculative that, that he didn't. He took it again. Who knows? But, yes, I need a quarterback that can process quickly. And uh, But, again, the tape on C.J. Stroud, there's a lot of good tape for him. And it's not all terrible. There are times where he looks looks uh, skittish dude, That dude pressure. is not playing against bad players. At practice, or I mean that. Yeah, I mean, the Georgia game really stands out. Is okay. That's what he can be. Uh, but yeah, again, Texas have to take quarterback. If we come in tomorrow, and Houston didn't take quarterback. What the board of fans going to be like? It'll be Bitterman tomorrow. <laughs> Bitterman. Hey, by the way, speaking of Texans, uh, Brad Kellner, BK, our former uh, producer, now doing great. I mean, this guy's risen through the ranks. He is in Kansas City, and he's going to join us at nine thirty of nice. our show. So nine thirty of our show, we're going to talk to him. Uh, also, I'm hoping to hear back. I mean, we. I mean, I don't want to tease this if it doesn't happen. We're, we're trying to talk to Mac Brown this morning. Mac Brown, life, uh, Longhorn head coach, of course, now at North Carolina. He's back this week for the Mac, Jack, and McConaughey event, uh, including Garth Brooks tonight at AC Live at the Moody wow. Theater. We'll try to t- check in with Mac. I know they have a big golf tournament this morning that they're playing in, and I had some contact, and maybe we'll, we'll get him for a few minutes to preview that weekend and uh, talk to Mac, see how he's doing out there in North Carolina. So uh, keep posted. Uh, we'll lock it in. And uh, we also have more on uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's officially a New York Jet. The NBA playoffs were scintillating last night. Four games and uh, two more teams are on to the second round, including the Miami Heat with the stunner. Uh, Ty will have hot or not for the end of the hour. It's being on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron.
and E on the horn. Yeah, we're working. We're working. We're working all day today. Absolutely. Big shout out to our buddy Brett Garrett E, who's uh, Titleist. Titleist reps. Get those Titleist clubs. Get those Titleist balls. Those Pro Vs. And I want to thank Brett and uh, uh, his buddy here in town for for helping out with the mullet open. And Brett was headed out yesterday in Michigan to play in a big, huge Titleist golf tournament. And guess what? He it snowed. Oh, <laughs> it sucks, man. Can, can you play golf in the snow? Yeah, sure. Oh. Ball gets lost. Oh, yeah. A bit. That white ball and that, unless you're playing with one of those is. green balls. I feel like what, if, if, if it was like hardened snow, it would be pretty easy to hit a ball off. It would be though. sliding all over the place. It was hard snow. That's no, ice. where you need to play is at Blue Bonnet, the old Blue Bonnet course here in the middle of July. That's and you want, to see a ball, you want to see a ball go? Is that still open? I think it's gone. I think it is gone by Blue now. Blue Bonnet was always the course. First course I ever played in the state of Texas Blue was Bonnet? Blue Bonnet, yes. Out there at uh, by Decker Lake. In, oh, uh, my God. I hit a ball like a- in the fairway, and I went out there. And it was like the Sahara. It had like these cracks in the fairway. And like it bounced just, and oh, bounced ball and kept, bounced. Like, where's my ball? I never hit a ball this far. Yeah, you can hit it out there. But, but you also have to play next to the gun range. Oh, so yeah, that's right. On the other side of the road. Yeah, as you're swinging. Pow! No, wait now. On the other side of the road. That's right. They did have the gun range. That can be distracting. What a place. I played the places. I, I loved it. I mean, I first, when I first started, you know, Playing. I mean, I had they had the nice deal with Barton Creek, of course, Country Club being a coach. coach yeah. But dude, I I played at Blue Bonnet, and I played at uh, what is out in uh, Blue Bonnet, what is Barton one? Creek, a little different. What a, little yeah. Different. What was the what was the one out there before all the homes got built? Yeah, out near where the Dell Diamond is here. Blackhawk. Blackhawk. Oh man, that's where all my that's where my roommate plays every weekend, and I'm like, Blackhawk. I, I'm like, well, why do you drive all the way up there? For, Just up the tollway. Not bad. Because nobody's got tee times. That's what, you know, we're talking about this yeah. tour of Texas well, golf we're doing. God, Blackhawk. No you know how hard it is to get a tee time if you don't call Monday or Tuesday at most every course around town? People are into their golf. And, get, the, uh, get the Golf Now app. Well, that's true, too. You get a really good deal on the golf app? Yes. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, it's just it's better than, it's any it's always better than if you call the clubhouse and, and get a tee time. Really? Way. Yes. We, uh, by the way, Brett Garrett, uh, before he went off to Titleist to be a big, big wig, he was at Onion Creek. Yep. Our course of the month uh, on our tour of Texas golf courses brought to you by Callahan's General Store. Says Blue Bonnet is gone. Missed the place. Wow. It was a goat pasture for sure, but it was fun. It was fun. I loved hitting on that driving range because you, you hit out over and you can see the lake over there. It's a pretty view, man. But I've never That's... seen a ball go so far. Hey, so uh, we'll get into some Aaron Rodgers conversation. I watched, did you see his news conference yesterday? Introductory news conference yesterday afternoon at 1. Yeah, he looked refreshed and ready to go. He looked. He does. Yeah, he looks like he's ready to go play some football. And he came off well. He was like, I've been looking for – I've heard a lot about this and New York media. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's ready. But um, – He mentioned New Jersey a bunch of times. Like, dude, well, just the go ahead and call – Yeah, I know. But just don't don't spend your time in Jersey. He said he's trying a house in Jersey. What? Yeah. All right, well, it's much, much cheaper. That's where they all live, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of those and nice neighborhoods out there. I'm sure there's some nice spots. Some he, nice spots. But, right. You don't have to deal with the city every day. Before we get to that, though, let me mention that uh, we we talked about Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Sark was at the Touchdown Club of Houston yesterday, and you know, revving up the the fan base and getting everybody fired up there. Mattress Mac was there, and there were some headlines. I mean, he likes his team, thinks they're you know poised to to make a run at the Big Twelve Championship, doesn't shy away from that. But then somebody asked him, "How much did it cost you to get Arch Manning?" Which has always been the uh, certainly for other programs the narrative that Texas bought Arch. And paid for Arch. And uh, Sark, you know, fired back and says, uh, everybody's under the impression or assumption that this was an NIL deal for him to come to the University of Texas. It absolutely was not. Um, he said, he said, uh, 
Sark said that Cooper Manning, Arch's father and older brother to Peyton and, and Eli, texted him after Arch committed to the Longhorns with a text that said, if there's a, if there's a message to tell any of the other recruits you're recruiting is that Arch Manning is coming to Texas because he loves the University of Texas, he loves the coaches, and loves the program. This is not about NIL. He's taken zero money from an NIL perspective. So, and according, it doesn't to, mean he won't later right, on. Well, he wants it, to earn his right. And according to Sark, they, he has a deal that from Archie, Grandpa, has said you can't take any NIL money until you are the starting quarterback, and he will be the starting quarterback at some point at Texas, and that's when you can start taking deals. And so again, look, this is the last guy that needs money. That's what way. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, really. He doesn't uh, need any money. He doesn't. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't mean he can't make it. He's worth His value is his value. That's right. But I do like that mindset, and that's something I'm sure Sark sold to the other recruits. They had a great recruiting class, but, you know, Arch is coming here, and he'll make money, in, 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 you know, where he needs to. He's already a, a huge brand. You know, he can start doing commercials with his uncles if he wanted to, right? I mean, he can start sure jumping into all the commercials. Pa- Peyton's on every commercial that comes on television these days. But... Um, I thought that was an interesting piece of news. You think he'll be a part of a Manning cast? This, I'm sure. This upcoming season? I'm sure. Uh, but again, I think one thing about the Mannings, and certainly Cooper, they've been very level-headed about this process and deliberate about how they want to go through this. They wanted it. Anytime you hear Peyton or Eli talk about it, it, it was always an idea of let Arch have a normal process. He's not a normal kid. We know that. He's got the, the last name Manning, so it can never be like everybody else. But let him enjoy it as much as he can and make it as much about his decision and you know, one of the reasons he came to Texas, he, he met you know, Michael Taff and a lot of these Longhorns, and he really likes those guys. And he liked the, the, the people that he was hanging out with when he would come to Austin. Uh, you know, that's that's letting him, not just choosing it because Alabama and Georgia were the other choices. I'm sure he met some good people there, too. So, uh, But I, I think it also leads that, you know, our, you know, Sark was asked, you know, is he are, is he going to... He said, he asked of the Manning family, quote, is it reasonable understanding that this is a process of development? Um, actually, he was asked if he thought the Mannings will be patient as he waits for his opportunity. He said, quote, I hope not. I want him to be scratching at the surface every chance he can get to be more than that. When we accept our role that way, that's a problem. Um, so, But he does say the, the Manning family is very reasonable and understanding that it is a process of development. And so essentially he's going to redshirt this year. He understands he's probably not going to play. Unless... You've got to expect him to play when he's ready, when he's ready as a college quarterback. For sure. There's no reason to rush him to do anything. They, um, But look, he also reiterated and yesterday. His family's not going to let him get rushed into anything. Well, part of the Those reason... guys understand the process. Well, look, part of the reason when Sark was hired here was that he felt like he had a good relationship with Arch Manning and the Manning family and that... You know, when he was recruiting Arch when he was at Alabama, that, you know, this this family wants really good quarterback development. That's a big part of the decision, right? I mean, it's, I mean, Arch, when, when Peyton went to Tennessee, he played for, uh, gosh, what's his name? The, 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 the coach who was his offensive coordinator there, who went on to coach at Ole Miss and at uh, Cutcliffe? Duke, David Cutcliffe, and got great quarterback development. Uh, that was a big part of this. And Sark and A.J. Milwee built that. Trust with the, the Mannings that they're going to help develop the player right. to his fullest, and uh, you know he's going to compete. But I think this year, you know, Sark reiterated that, that Quinn is the starter and our starter, but we don't want our backups to give an inch. No, press them every day, and we're going to play the best player. We'll see as that goes. Hey, also, um, we'll get some more from the Touchdown Club yesterday. What Sark had to say coming up, but I wanted to play this Aaron Rodgers sound before we get too late to the uh, break because you you watched it. I watched the whole press conference, and I thought it was. But Aaron Rodgers came off very strong in this because uh, he sat there, answered all the questions. Uh, here was one about um, you know trying to win a championship. What's your motivation 
to come back and, uh, you know, because Aaron Rodgers has said this offseason that at one point he was 90% retired. Then he went into his darkness retreat, came out, and uh, decided he wanted to keep playing football, but realized it was either going to be probably not in Green Bay, it was going to be with the Jets. But here's what Aaron Rodgers, go between with the media yesterday. How driven are you to win for this fan base, which hasn't been to the playoffs since 2010, the longest stretch in professional sports for the four different leagues right now? I mean, it's, it's exciting. The Jets have an incredible, passionate fan base. I saw that last year at Lambeau. Obviously, you know about Fireman Ed and, and uh, uh, you know, his passion for the team. Uh, I think that's an exciting draw to this as well as being a part of something special. I grew up watching old VHS tapes of, uh, of the Super Bowls. And so obviously I know about the guarantee and, and Broadway Joe. Been a while since then. I noticed uh, walking in this morning that that uh, Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely. So Looking a little lonely. Yeah, so he's coming to win. And uh, I, I, he said a couple of times, he referenced when the New York Jets came to Lambeau Field last year and beat the daylights out of the Packers. And the Packers were a pretty good, a decent team last year. But they were by no means as good as they'd been the previous two. But the Jets came in, I think they beat them like 24-3. to Like their defense just suffocated, and Aaron got to play against that defense and see how good Sauce Gardner is, how good they are on that side of the ball. Um, he also talked about Robert Sala, who Robert Sala was, who was the head coach of the Jets. He was in San Francisco, right? And San Francisco has knocked Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out of the playoffs several times. Oh, yeah. Much like the Cowboys. And he said, I, I know what Robert Sala is all about. I had to play against his defense many times in San Francisco. And I love the way he coaches and – and leads his team. And then, obviously, the Nathaniel Hackett part of that is big. Uh, he said that point blank. I mean, when Nathaniel Hackett, who got fired in Denver as the head coach, was hired by the Jets to be the offensive coordinator, that was a big piece to this because Aaron Rodgers gets to go to a new team but doesn't have to learn a new offense. He knows Nathaniel Hackett's offense. You know, the two MVPs he won recently were under Nathaniel Hackett's offensive leadership uh, in Green Bay. So he's going to walk in knowing the system, and he can help teach the other players what, what the system's going to be all about. And as you said to me, you know, Garrett Wilson's got to be pretty happy now. Oh, my goodness. Garrett Wilson. Talking about getting a ball quick and on time where well, you can catch well, and run. Was, well, think about that. He was the rookie of the year without a quarterback. How about now you have this guy who's an elite thrower of the football, um, you know, throwing to tight spots like he can. I just think it's an interesting move. I mean, um, I think the Jets are in this conversation. If they have a good draft coming up tonight and into the weekend, I think the Jets are right there with Cincinnati and Buffalo behind Kansas City. There's Kansas City and then everybody else. We get that. But I think the Jets are, are high on that list of everybody else. Yeah, I still think they're fourth on that list of everybody else, we'll even see. with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers, what a storyline that will be wearing number eight. Wearing number eight. And I'll say this. I said it earlier in the week, and I'll put it out there for, for comment. You know, Aaron Rodgers, the more we cover him and talk about all his divaness and drama, it does remind me a little bit of Kevin Durant. Right, Kevin Durant is a unique player, but he's also a unique person. He's not cut like everybody else. He's just not. Kevin is, you know, he's criticized for joining the Warriors, and he doesn't listen to the noise a lot of the times. But so they're both unique in that way that they kind of get in their own way, being divas and you know being unique. Yeah, you're not themselves. pulling me out no matter what you say about me in right. the media. But, I'm, I'm I am going right. to be just exactly who and, I am. Sometimes they'll fight the media, and sure. sometimes they're looking for attention when they say they're not. Absolutely, Durant's that way. But at the same time, Kevin Durant is a prodigy, is a scorer, right? He's you know he can play basketball till he's in his forties, shooting the basketball if he can stay healthy. Aaron Rodgers to me is the same way. He's a, he's I don't know that we've ever seen someone so effortlessly throw a football, 
to where it needs to be on time accurately. Does that mean the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl? No, but I do think he's going to be able to walk in there with a good team, with really good weapons, and throw for, throw for a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> I just think that's Aaron Rodgers can do yeah, that. Yeah, Robert Sala just has to keep his defense playing good defense. They have to they have to continue to to be in that top five type of defense in order for Aaron Rodgers to have success. Sure, but the you weapons know? are sitting there, and Aaron Rodgers was not blind to that yesterday, saying, look, I watched that team. <laughs> I know what they've got. And that running back is healthy. That is huge. Yeah, I'm going to hand it to Brees Hall. I'm going to throw it to Garrett Wilson and – uh, Alan Lazard is there. They've got weapons. Offensive line will be improved. You can is see other little buddy coming too. Which one? The old one, Randall Cobb. He might show up at some point. He will show up at <laughs> some point, right? Well, look, I mean, and they may take an offensive lineman tonight. I mean, they they they're sitting there at that fifteenth pick, and they could take one of those four tackles uh, to further bolster the offensive line. And why wouldn't you? And they're you getting Makai Beacon back. They are. He was hurt last year. Yeah, Makai right? Becton. Remember, they took Makai Becton, the yes. massive tackle out of Louisville, a couple drafts ago. He missed all of last year. He'll be back. So, yeah, I mean, they could fortify the offensive line, which with you have a, a 39-year-old quarterback, probably a good idea. But if Aaron Rodgers is given time and has weapons to throw to, I still think he can – he's still as accurate and as talented as any passer in the league throwing the football. He just won two MVPs. But he seemed like a motivated guy yesterday, Buck, who's happy with the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's, I mean, just get him through this year because I know there will be drama at the end of the year. Just get him through the year. And if he can stay healthy – I, I do realize what next year will bring. It will bring drama if I'm ready to retire again. Heck no, maybe he loves it. Maybe no, he loves no, no. He has to have drama. He's got to have okay, it. So does Kevin Durant. Um, yeah. It's always there, some way, shape, or form. What are we going to do when the offseason comes if Aaron Rodgers isn't talking about retiring? We'll talk about Lamar Jackson or how bad the Texans are going to screw things up or <laughs> oh. you know the next diva out there. We'll pick it up. Uh, hey, Hot or not coming next. We'll also reset those headlines with Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Stunning the Milwaukee Bucks last night. We'll also let you hear from Giannis Attentacumpo. He's taking some heat for some comments he made after the game. Uh, di- you know, Disagreeing with those who would call their season a failure. We'll let you hear that coming up. Hot or not is next, though, here on b What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot and not on this Buck Off Thursday. B&E with you. You asked about the weather in Kansas City, Buck. Not bad. It's going to be fine. We got the big setup there at the Union Station in KC. It's uh, be chilly. It'll be coat weather. You know what I'm saying? 53 right now 53, in KC. Okay. Temperatures in the uh, middle 60s and then cloudy. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No rain in the forecast in KC tonight for the NFL draft. You know, today is but National Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. Oh, Take your kids I remember to work day. That. Come on now. Load them up. To bring any grandkids in here. Did you ever go to work with your pops, uh, Ty, back in the day? He used to force me to go to work with him. <laughs> I actually I was went with trouble. my dad once. Where? And he was a elementary, not a middle school teacher and a coach. Yeah, in middle school. Yeah, I went to his class. Times like he used to force me sit at. He'd be like, sit at this desk, and I usually was in trouble for like failing a test or something. And and oh, yeah, it was a punishment. Yeah, go into a lumber and specialized doors office and sitting <laughs> there for ten hours is not a not a good time. Good punishment. Oh, so it wasn't to like show you the ropes. I remember one time we did a uh, we made a model solar system there, Ooh, nice. and that was a like a. A fifteen-hour office trip, I think, and we were there late into the evening. Yeah, I went. I'm to assuming his... that that project was already due, and you were trying yeah, to get it yeah, done the day before. Yeah. yeah, I went to his. I went to his little his his junior high stuff, and 
and I was playing high school football, and those I could see those kids looking at me like, hey, if your dad wasn't in here right now, I'd come over here and whip your ass. What do you mean my buddies right now? You know, it's fun as my two sons are 22 and 25 now, and they're they're working with me on that Eyes on Texas podcast I'm doing uh, with Dave Campbell's Texas Football and here on the Horn. It's a lot of fun, so getting to work with them, that's cool. I'm enjoying that a lot because uh, my oldest is a really good film editor and uh, doing a great job with the technical side of it. Nolan's, of course, uh, working here at times. So that's fun. That's fun to do the Eyes on Texas pod with your kids and Mike Craven as well. Uh, so that's good. So, yeah, take your done sons and daughters to work. I used to go, remember I've told you my dad, we, he used to ride the bus down to downtown Houston because we lived in the Burbs, and then he'd get on the bus and go down to downtown Houston. The Houston Chronicle is where he worked. He was a manager of internal audit. And so I, every once in a while, I'd get on the bus with him, and I'd go down, and then I would just kind of roam around downtown Houston. I'd go through all the tunnels. You know, Houston's got a whole array of tunnels underneath downtown. I'd go to the tunnel. I'd go to the library. I'd walk all over downtown, and then go back. We'd go to lunch. Yeah. Uh, that was when I was, you know, old enough to do such things. And but, when I was a little kid, I had, I had my dad cleaned the ice cream place up. I mean, a big, big ice cream and then joint. Yeah. And I used to go in on Sundays with him, and he would know why he was there. Yeah. And the tubs of ice cream would be still in the deal. And he used to say, you go ahead and make yourself a banana split every Sunday. So that's where I got all ice creamed out. That's where you become a, yes. a, a fan of ice cream. I Absolutely. Yeah, we, we had a good time. It was like, you know, I liked the bus and then walking all over downtown Houston, taking all that in. That was cool. But yeah, take your kids. Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not? Uh, it's, it's a little, it's a little slow today. Uh, I did see that Floyd Mayweather is fighting John Gotti's grandson, John Gotti the third. Oh, he's a boxer? Yeah, he's 2-0 and as a professional boxer. Uh, he's originally a mixed martial arts fighter, 5-1. and You know, it's, it's one of those. I'm not beating that dude. It's one of those events where they have like a big music performance. It's, it's less about the boxing than it is just like a, a charity <laughs> thing, but. I don't think I'd be wanting to fight Gotti's No, no. Kids. Yeah, what if he... I'm going to take a hit and go you down. Still have, still have connections? I'm going to go down. I'm taking a fall on that deal. Yeah. Just punching that guy. Oh, man. It's also Lizzo's birthday today. Happy birthday oh, to Lizzo. Yeah. 35. We're going to get a... Eat good tonight. We're going to get Dang. a... Dang. Absolutely beautiful cake for Lizzo. Talented. I feel like you, she might be next on your list of, of letters that you write to... For to Lizzo? To, to musicians and whatnot. No. I feel like you could have some good advice for her. She's doing she's doing very well on her own. You know who my ne- next letter is going to go to? Lionel Richie to tell him what a great job he's continuing to do. Lionel Richie? Yeah. He'll be in Austin in, in August. Well, you know I'm going to send him a letter. I'm going to send him a handwritten, see if I get a return on I, that. I bet you would get a You might you get a return with him, yeah, with an, with an older artist like that. By the yeah. way, he's resurrected his career doing that American Idol judging thing because now he's all on tour and everybody's playing his songs again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lionel I'm, Richie. And I'm going to say Willie would do a surprise appearance, I believe. Willie Nelson? With Lionel when he comes You know who turns Austin. 90 this weekend? Who has a 90th birthday coming Willie! Out? Willie Nelson. Yes, sir. With Lizzo. Melissa Jefferson, if you care to know. Melissa Jefferson. Talented. Otherwise talented. known as Lizzo. All right, we're back. Uh, we will pick up these headlines. We'll get into this NBA. Also, what Giannis had to say about the Bucks falling out in the first round, becoming the first top seed to lose to a play-in team which is what they did last night. Jimmy Butler was incredible. Details coming.